Hey everybody, Alex here. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Podcast of the Rings. Wanted to briefly interrupt before we get into the episode for a few uh, announcements and special thanks, housekeeping stuff at the top. Firstly, we are doing a Patreon goal uh, over at patreon.com slash pod of the rings. When we get to 20 total patrons, we will be recording a Patreon exclusive episode where we will watch and review the saucy Lord of the Rings parody film, Lord of the G-Strings. And that episode is going to be only available to patrons. So again, head on over to patreon.com slash pot of the rings, pledge at any level, and you will help support the show and get access to that exclusive episode when it is released. Also, we want to give a very special thanks to one of our patrons, Jesse Glasby. Thank you so much, Jesse, for pledging at that $10 Elven King level. Thank you so much for supporting the show. If you would also like to get a special thanks at the beginning of our episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash pot of the rings and pledge at the $10 level or above, and we'll shout you out at the beginning of each episode. All right, that's all our housekeeping stuff out of the way for this week. So thanks again, everyone, for listening and enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to episode 32 of Podcast of the Rings, the only podcast. I think it's actually th- 33, which is would be one of my favorite numbers of all time. Anyway, it's the only Lord of the Rings podcast that's called Podcast of the Rings. I'm Jessica Linverdi, and I am introducing to you today a new official co-host of Podcast of the Rings, Ben Goddard. Episode 33. I just looked it up. It oh, is episode God. 33. Already pulling your weight. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm the fact checker of this show. No, I'm not just the co-host anymore. <laughs> not just that. You're you're the armchair experts expert. So I've exactly. always wanted to have my own armchair expert, and now I have it. Now um, I just need to get an armchair. Well, no, I mean the te- the podcast itself. I I refer to armchair expert the podcast by Dax Dax Shepard all the time. And when I was on a vacation with a couple of my Ripley improv girls, we came up with this idea of uh, individual people bingo. So like I would have a bingo and my middle star would be, you know, your your freebie would be like me doing an, an, a double negative. For you, yeah. it'd be talking about Penguin or something like that. But on there for sure, if if you had the Jessica bingo... If I said if I referred to armchair expert, you'd get to mark that one off. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. So we need to think yeah. about the Ben Bingo. Speaking of just like armchair, it's so strange. Like where podcasting has gone. Like I listened to, it's like a movie podcast and it has like Bill Simmons on it. I don't know if you know who Bill Simmons is. He was the like only on Simmons ES- I know is J.K. So okay, so he was like an ESPN guy for a while, and oh. then he started this thing called Grantland. Grantland, and I think it might be still be going, or it's like the ringer now. I'm not really sure, but he was like one of like the 10 original podcasters. He was like, this is where media is going. And everyone's like, you're crazy. And now like he runs like this podcast, like universe. Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't even recognize this guy. That's so funny. Yeah. And it's so funny, like where it's come from that 
to now, I was talking to a guy I play uh, Fortnite with yesterday. I was like, oh, I'm uh, recording a podcast tomorrow. I was like, oh, like uh, on video? I was like, no, it's it's a podcast. And like that's the thing is that everywhere on – that's my entire TikTok feed is just like people in armchairs with like, you know, the microphones in front of them. And I'm just like – and, you know, one of them is literally just reading Reddit stories. I'm like, this isn't – this isn't a podcast. It's like, not it, a podcast. It's yeah. not a podcast where it's like, I'm not dissing anybody's show or anything like that. Make whatever content you want. But it's just, it's so strange. Like, that's now a podcast where, you know, you have, it's on YouTube. And I'm like, that. no, that's not where podcasts go. And it's almost an unnecessary component to getting out there as yeah. well. And, and one that I feel like this show will eventually build to but only after we crest a certain amount of listeners. But then yeah. even at that point, why? Uh, for me, I, I, I only listen to a handful of podcasts in general, but you really bring up a good point where I think it's different. I call it like a video broad, broadcast. For other shows yeah. that I produce, we have a podcast and you can enjoy the video broadcast of that podcast. It's, yeah. It is different. It is for sure because, like, you know, even doing SCN for, for so long, like, even in person or, you know, on Zoom once pandemic hit, there was so much I feel like people would miss if they weren't watching it. Like, because a lot of the stuff was visual. And so... Uh, but you is, also present is, something differently if you're yeah. only doing it audio. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. But I really think, though, it is an interesting era, and I don't know what the success of this will be but i don't know if you got a, an email from youtube but they're now officially have their they only officially have their own podcast landing zone oh really okay yeah so you can now uh, designate a show as a podcast specifically okay. and so i have like so i produce two shows i'm not on one is no two gays about it for gay men over 50 and then another is silver and sensational for you know, the boomers, basically. Mm -hmm. And the audio version of that show with a video, you know, it's a video, but just only audio. It yeah. gets listens, I'd, or at least views. I don't know how fully everyone listens through to it. Yeah. But I'm I just really am curious. I'm sure YouTube's going to push it a little bit, especially because they usually tend to push their new product. Mm -hmm. I'm curious what the result of that will be or if people will actually use it as a podcast platform well i know like youtube i mean that's why so much stuff now like youtube was pushing long form content like our, you know that channel cinema sins it used to be three minute videos just like ding 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 done and they mm -hmm. were fun and then they eventually turned into these 20 minute long every single thing you could ever think of plus some of my opinions about this plus i just don't really like this and it's just like I listen to their podcast a lot and it's like we started doing it because YouTube, the algorithm pushes it like you make a 15 minute video. It's going to get way more algorithmic for you pages than a five minute video. And so it's just like all that long form content. Um, and, you know, that's over 10 minutes was the only time you could put ads on a video. So like that's oh. why people started making over 10 minute videos. And so it's just like. It's insane how the, the landscape keeps changing with, like, how to push your content, and it's hard to keep up with. Yeah, I was. that's exactly what I was going to say. The paradigm shifts so frequently. You see, like, good 
creators that we know, all of a sudden they can't say the F word at the front of the video. And you have geniuses that they probably pay just to scour the terms of service in terms of how they should best provide content. I mean, the same is true with Instagram. They were, you couldn't promote a picture. You could only promote a reel. I don't even know if you know this. uh, Facebook isn't going to pay real creators anymore because it's successful enough, which is BS, but they did what they need to do in order to compete with TikTok. And now that's over for them. Um, I I don't know how successful that will be, but basically it pays for itself to be to to do reels i that's why partially i want to stay out of the game of trying to chase content and just make content i like which is why we're doing this show uh if you're wondering why you don't have the sultry dulcet tones of my boyfriend alex mitchell well it's because he's him and i just moved i think most of you know that and he's he's pulling in money for two cats and and me being the biggest cat you know three cats in general yeah he's got (laughs) you i didn't mean it metaphorically but now i do um so the amount of work that he puts into the show isn't something he's capable of doing so now we have at some point you may have alex and all three of us but for now ben and i are gonna hold up that 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 what is that title? That mantle? The we're mantle, gonna, yes. Yeah, we're, we got the mantle. We're Atlas carrying the the Middle Earth on we our shoulders. We are the Argonoth. The Argonoth. The two kings holding our hands out. And oh, if yes! Alex, if Alex wants to take his little boat uh, down <laughs> uh, the Falls of Roros with us, then he is more than welcome to. <laughs> well, eventually, we may see him again. Uh if Rings of Power actually ever gets made, or if it actually gets edited, then then we'll talk about it then too. But Lord of the Rings stuff is happening all the time. Ben had the greatest idea for basically coming back from our small little hiatus and just talking about the things we love. And I think it's a good, um, it's a good like equalizer for like us to know exactly what you love about it, about Lord of the Rings in particular, where where your fandom stems from and the characters that really get you going. So why are we who are we starting with today? We I you know what? The, it's so tough to pick like the the character to start mm-hmm. like a, just kind of like our character rundown of the fellowship. And maybe we'll do the Hobbit, even though I think, you know, we don't need to do all the dwarves. But we could do but that's Bilbo. That's so sad. You have I to know. do it. You know what? We'll do a 12-part or a 13-part episode where we yes. just spend time on each of them. God, we would – if this was – if we were doing this on YouTube, we would have, like, Quentin Tarantino title cards between every chapter of our dwar- dwarvish breakdown. I still think we can have music – in between oh, the sure. interludes of it. I mean, that's editing Absolutely. work, but that sounds excellent. So look forward to that in the, in the far future. But today we are starting with possibly, I, I want to say, you know, in the YouTube era, we're going with the character that has the best highlight reel uh, of Lord of the Rings, and that is Legolas Greenleaf. Ooh, I actually already think I disagree with you about what? the highlight reel. The highlight reel, the you, action, the like, it the depends anime on what highlight edit. reel edit you're creating and for what reason. If you're talking to me about like lusty, dirty, sweaty looks, what's Aragorn all day? If you're like, well, yeah, just- because Legolas is refined beauty, like. <laughs> 
the man is angelic. And if you're talking highlight reel, you mean like his WWE. Yes. <laughs> his his promo. To, yeah. You yeah, know, okay. like uh, if we're going to put TikToks together about action scenes here, like Legolas is in the raid. Like right. he, he's right. he's in he's going to be in John Wick five. He's going to be the <laughs> one to finally stop John Wick. Like he probably would actually stop John Wick. Yeah, or he would be like, I understand that you lost your dog. I, I yeah. get it. But I have to. I have to end this. <laughs> Someone, you've caused too much. Too much. No, but I thought Legolas is would be John, like. A, wait, wait. Is John Wick the king of that universe? I don't know. Like, is he like? Have you seen the gone, newest one? I've not seen a single John Wick, and I'm completely extrapolating. No, from you have nothing. to watch him. There, you'll. They are so increasingly. They they don't go quite hand in hand like the Fast and Furious because like the choreography is like. They really focus on like stuntmen and you know really well defined action choreography that, but it's it does get stick to a sense, yeah. yeah, to a certain extent. Like you know, in John Wick Four, he gets within a span of twenty minutes, he gets hit by six different cars and just keeps going. <laughs> um, but uh, but they also know, know that that's what this exactly movie like is they now they to- like good movies know how to toe that line of ridiculousness, but keeping it somewhat grounded and fast and furious did that i feel through fast seven but the last few i haven't seen fast x yet um but the last few have just kind of lost lost the wheel a little bit well someone was saying it jumped the shark when they like literally jumped the 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 ferrari into the bay or something crazy like some they, they just they're out of the world they don't it doesn't, yeah. they don't exist in this plane of reality anymore no, they don't. which is also fine i don't yeah, know if you totally saw the fine. clip of like them just high on cocaine in rome just high af they are they're, oh and then you have you know they're like oh we're bigger than harry potter now like it's like oh my y'all. <laughs> they compared themselves to lord of the rings yeah and we talked about that on this podcast because what's his face vin is like i understand the burden of carrying yeah ending uh, it's like um <laughs> not a legacy but like something insane that tolkien the, the 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 thing that the mantle that tolkien had to bear so to, to go back to john wick really quickly i had to do this with all the marvel movies i never saw them uh, and then hector navarro gave them gave me all the dvds all the yeah. blu-rays actually i should say and i live tweeted the majority of them so i will eventually do that with john wick because i have a feeling i will enjoy it um, well, it's it's only four. It's not you know twenty five or something like that, right? Because yeah. it did become a burden with the Marvel, and at, at a certain point, I just wanted to watch it. So you're telling me Legolas would destroy John Wick, and I think I I'm gonna go with that. You know, that might be a hot take, but <laughs> even because I feel like Legolas would figure out how to use a pistol within seconds. What Legolas would pick it up. Intrinsically, I think he refused it. to to use it though. Yeah, that's because even that's... in this last one, there's bows and arrows in this last John Wick, and they're they're competing. Are they? They are. Interesting. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like like good old tools. Which one wor- works? And I, no I... one does headshots like Legolas. That's <laughs> the thing is that they in in this new one they have like these bulletproof suits. And when I say suits, I mean like a suit and tie. Like they're bulletproof like blazers, basically. Of course they are. And so you can only kill someone with a headshot. And as we've seen, Legolas does nothing but headshots. I think it's like against his elvish religion to shoot anywhere besides someone's throat or above. 
So there is a couple questions that that raises for me specifically about Legolas that I have carried with me for a long time. Before we do that, uh, I want to read the description of Legolas as told by J.R.R. Tolkien himself uh, in the book of The Lost Tales Part 2. And I'm not even familiar with what that book is. And if Alex is listening to this podcast right now, he's screaming, going, why didn't you do enough research? Um, He was tall as a young tree, lithe, immensely strong, able swiftly to draw a great war bow and shoot down a Nazgul endowed with the tremendous vitality of elvish bodies, so hard and resistant to hurt that he went only in light shoes over rock or through snow, the most tireless of all the fellowship. So endowed and hard, am I right, everybody? Oh <laughs> my goodness. Beef swelling for all of you dune people out there. Beef um, swelling. There literally <laughs> is a phrase called beef swell. They talk about beef swelling. Um so the thing I the reason why I wanted to read that and then ask this question, is Legolas the best elf or is it because it feels like he just happened to be part of the fellowship it just so happened he was part of the group that was called to Rivendell Rivendell to talk about the ring and then he nominated himself but were other dudes in his party just as capable or other elves I should say I think he's a cut above the rest I think there are better you know his training his lineage, like a lot of Lord of the Rings, you know, has to do with like, you know, the fact that Aragorn is Isildur's heir and part Numenorian right. is like makes him better. Yeah. Just like bloodline wise. And that goes into a lot of what Lord of the Rings is. But I do think, you know, realistically speaking, when you take blood out of it, like if you're born into royalty, you're going to have the best training, the best education, the best resources, like. And that's not against anything. The elves seem to, even though they live in a, what is it called? A, a theocracy? Um, if it's by ruled by a king, yeah. Yeah. Even though they live in a theocracy, it seems like no one's like, there's no peasant elves. You know, there's no like. Ooh, I, I also beg to differ because Evangeline Lily was, well, not peasant but, elves. Yeah, exactly. But there, was, saying, there like, was a caste system. There, there was, was like, a caste system for sure. But no, like. This isn't Game of Thrones where, you know, no one's living in flea bottom as correct, an elf. Correct. No, yeah. Everyone, like, everyone's living good in the elf kingdom, even though there is still royalty. That's a but, really fair point. But he's still getting the best of the best uh, of everything. And so, I mean, I remember watching a video from Nerd of the Rings that was like, what if Glorfindel was a part of the fellowship? And everyone's comment was like, well, then they would have walked into Mordor within like a week and this would have been over. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Like it's a good is, point, though. Yeah, it is. It's a really good point because so there are, you know, and even I, I'm, I'm reading, you know, I did my research and it's so crazy. Uh, we, I tried my hardest to find anything about his backstory. I'm a, I went to the fandom. I watched YouTube videos. There is nothing about Legolas. And strike me down if I'm wrong. There might be something in the Lost Tales that just hasn't been uncovered by very well-informed Lord of the Rings podcasters, YouTubers, and the fandom Wikipedia. But, like, just, there's nothing on him uh, pre-War of the Ring, basically. Like, no one knows his mother's name. You know, the whole, she was captured in Gundabad and possibly turned into an orc. It's just in the Hobbit movie. It's not 
part just to of give him some sort of just story something because i mean like i'm sure peter jackson was like you know we got some time to fill and there's nothing about his mother in here and you know it gives a little something to to, to thranduil as well like why he is the way he is as well totally and so i just i think you know he fights with the sons of elrond in the books uh and you know i'm sure i i want to know more about the sons of elrond because like you know like, because Legolas softens, you know, we see him soften throughout the trilogy of movies. We see him, like, not as soft in the books. Like, he's still very formal and everything. But, you know, he becomes friends with Gimli. Well, the whole book itself actually, for lack of a better term, hardens. Because it starts really um, approachable just in reading-wise. And then yeah. by the end of that book, you're reading Shakespeare. So everyone becomes more and more formal just in the way that... Tolkien writes it but I think yeah. you're right we see this uh we see Legolas be the idea of what kind of elf he thinks he needs to be out in the world and then becomes the elf that he actually is when yeah. put to the test and it's like you know seeing I'll take into what happened in, in the Hobbit movies as canon for the the movies at the very least just movie wise like sure it's absolutely. like a homeschooled kid coming out into the world for the first time you know who knows if legolas has ever left the forest before the war of the ring before the council of elrond judging by the actions of his father he probably hasn't and so you know it's like a you know someone coming from the midwest to la like there's a lot of different culture out here and some people adjust really well and some people don't and that's completely fine but i give legolas full credit for befriending a dwarf when his entire life was he was raised to hate them hate them yeah with, with irrationally or rash you know i mean they carried the yeah. the history down more easily because they've lived the entire history yeah. but i think it was you when we were talking about the movies in general that pointed out for the first time we actually see legolas get scared is with the balrog he's like yeah. what am i looking at he's and heard it, the stories he knows the history and that's and someone I, I saw a TikTok or, you know, Instagram reel, whatever, they all blend together now, is yeah. that that's when Legolas softened with Gimli is when he told her, like, what did Lady Gladio give you? Uh, the hair from her head. And he knows the story of, I can't think of the elf's name that, you know, was begging for the her uncle hair. The uncle who, the creepy uncle is how we refer yeah. to him. For, Basically, yes. like begging for one single strand of hair. And Gimli humbly asked her one time, and she gave him three. And he's like, okay, this dude's for real. Like, there's something, every prejudice I might have ever had is gone right in that moment. Because, like, if Galadriel, Queen of the Elves, did this kindness to this dwarf who, yeah, Gimli's a son, not a son of royalty, like, no, no, and the only lineage that's of importance to us is because he what his father was in. Yeah, the, he was in the party. Yeah, and he, that's like, it. Yeah, he wasn't a king of Erebor, you know, a descendant of the king of Erebor. Like he wasn't in line. He wasn't even Balin, who got tasked with you know running Moria after this. Right, right. So like that was such a. It's it's not played. And I'm not trying to be like, well, if you know, you know. But it's just, it is a very important thing that happens in both of their lives at that moment. Because I don't think Legolas hated Gimli, but, you know, he begrudgingly accepted him as a part of the fellowship. He's like, all right, I'm going to be on this journey with this guy. It is what it is. You know, we're, we got to work together. We don't have to be friends. We got to clock in and then I'll clock out and that'll be that. 
The enemy of my enemy is my enemy. Or y- whatever. Friend. Wait. Friend. The, ender, the enemy. Uh, yes. The, Wait. Yeah. The enemy the, of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> the enemy of my enemy is my enemy. <laughs> We've gone nowhere. <laughs> I mean, that's basically our world that we're discussing right, right. now. We're back to square one, <laughs> sir. Uh, no, so it's, it is like a really cool moment that if you know, like the just like the a little bit of background, and so like I I shared that that TikTok. I was like, oh, just in case you know people don't know, like it's a cool little Easter egg, and so that and you know, and that's the whole part of Two Towers. You know, would you like me to find you a box? Like, and you know, Gimli saying, oh, Legolas, let Aragorn be. Like before that, I'm like who? Are, I've known this guy for years. Who the heck are you? Like he he takes his advice. It's such a it's such good character growth from like such a stoic person. And if I can, that's what I feel like we missed in Rings of Power. And it was just like not growth so much, even though I do feel like we missed that. I, I compare it a lot to the Star Wars prequels and the original trilogy, and you know, even the sequels. I know, good lord, heaven forbid we ever talk about the Star God Wars. God forbid, sequels. yeah, yeah. No. We just, but just a bunch like, of crybabies just yeah. died somewhere. But just like the emotion of characters, like just like Harrison Ford having so much fun, Mark Hamill, like even being like a whiny baby in in A New Hope, and you know, Leia bringing all the sass and just being a badass, like her planet gets destroyed and she's still like barking out orders. Like she's like, Oh, we can grieve later. Let's do this. And then in the prequels, everyone's so formal. Everyone's just kind of, they're doing their job. And I know it's a different time. And I, you know, a star Wars expert will probably explain to me why I'm so wrong, but just from a viewer movie fan standpoint, there's no one really cracking jokes. There's no one really smiling or, you know, like having fun in the prequels. Like we get a little bit of that with Anakin and Obi-Wan in the next two movies, but it's still like very rigid. And I I don't want to blame the actors too much because if you see the behind the scenes stuff, it is, they're just in a room of blue. They're in a blue room with with tennis balls. And, you know, we, we've talked about Ian uh, McKellen, like having like a breakdown a little bit when they were trying to do that. And especially after filming Lord of the Rings where everything was real, you know, they were standing on boxes. They were doing forced perspective they were doing all the movie tricks instead of like the the easy way out of green screen and stuff. And so it's just like that's that's what I felt. That was the main thing. Like the the slow plot, you know, the them trying their hardest not to say the word ring in the last few episodes. <laughs> we need something smaller and circular. I think it goes on your appendages. Um, we only have so much. If only there was in. a word for what we needed. And they need to be powerful. <laughs> someone might be a lord of these things. I don't know. <laughs> but it's just like, that's that was the main thing. It's just like, you saw the 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 life and the love that these characters had for each other you know like there wasn't there wasn't a single like would you like me to find you a box moment there wasn't you know uh aragorn not wanting to uh, <laughs> uh eat eowyn's stew oh like, you, like no you didn't need that it's such a small thing of just like when he's about to pour it out and she's like wait a minute he's like uh and you see him burn his fingers on the hot stew he's like oh it's good. It's good. It's like there's there's such little things like that that, in in you know, granted there with the extended editions, it's the same amount of time, twelve hours to twelve hours. But I never got it. Like I love. I think the actors are doing a good job in Rings of Power, 
but I didn't like get to joke around. That's why I feel like the dwarves in Rings of Power were such a breath of fresh air because they were hearty and they were having fun and they were drinking mead and headbutting each other and stuff. Like, I, I want more of uh, Elrond and uh, Durin because I was like, oh, this is the this is the Legolas and and Gimli right here. They, they that was the one thing I think they did really well in that show. And I'm gonna have to agree with you. I, I, I you know, and I'm gonna fight for the positive of Rings of Power. I think. If they do it correctly, they have laid the groundwork for us to care about these characters better in order mm. for us to see the moments of how they interact because they don't need to do um, story building or like character building anymore. Now, one of the mistakes shows will make or movies will make is they feel like they need to tell you all the things that you need to know in order to understand the character when in reality all we need to see is is that character going to help the kid up the stairs or push him down and we can watch those developments inform us like that's why i was certain from the beginning that halbrand was sauron because he let the people on the raft die and he didn't try to help them yep he's the bad guy and that is the save the cat moment. And he and Alex just couldn't see the forest for the trees or didn't want to. But the reason why Elrond and Durin work is there's history there and they're using it. You don't yeah. need to see the actor who's playing Durin do anything more but be pissed. He's pissed at Elrond and they're just having a literal physical nonverbal battle of wills. And that's interesting yeah. as opposed to going, you didn't show up to my kid's wedding and I was pregnant. And that like, you could tell us all that, or is it better just to watch it and show it? And then when you see the history of the dwarves and elves break right before our eyes, just because of normal acts of just living, then they get to have those funny, amazing moments. There is an argument to be made that Gimli is the butt of all the jokes in the movies in general, he really is made to be the scapegoat for most of the humor, which kind of robs him of some of the glory, but he does still get glory too. But that's the thing is that like you, we, I don't think he's the butt of the jokes because he beats Legolas in the duel at Helm's Deep. Um, I think he makes a lot of jokes, but I don't, I don't ever consider him the butt of, like, maybe when he falls off the horse, but that's about it. Like, he, I guess he, I don't, uh, when I say butt of the jokes, I mean the majority of the humor comes from Legolas or Gimli misunderstandings or yeah. moments. So the, I guess the comedic relief comes from him. Um, whereas I don't think he, we don't see a lot of the seriousness that's portrayed when we can get to this, when we talk about him. Um, but, but he, the way he's a deep, deep well of a dwarf with the way he, he expresses things. Uh, his deep feelings for Gladriel, the the caves in Helm's Deep, he's overwhelmed yeah. very easily. And yeah, I he think, becomes emotional when he sees the glittering caves. Correct, and I think it's that kind of reverence that Legolas can relate to because Legolas is horny for trees, man. Like he gets it. He was he looks like that. He was the same way uh, Legolas uh, was about Fangorn. Gimli was about the glittering caves. That's one hundred percent right, and that's actually how I want to round out this podcast, which we're not quite there yet. But I won't forget it before that we get to that point. Though I did want to talk about the theory that was popularized by the podcast Tudor Ramble, where okay. they point out 
that in the movie, Frodo doesn't know Legolas's name? I've <laughs> seen that because the only time Legolas speaks to him is, you have my bow. Right. That is his only direct sentence. And so, like, where, oh, it's because when they're greeting him, and he's like, Merry Pippin! Gimli! Gimli! And then you, he looks at Legolas. He goes, oh. <laughs> he, like, just, like, it's so good. It is, like, it is a really funny theory, like... Because, yeah, because even when he's describing uh, fa- uh, to Faramir, uh, I want to say he just says an elf, like, a, and then two men, a, uh, two of them are my kin, a, a, an elf and a dwar- uh, dwarf, two, and then two men, Borom- uh, Aragorn, son of Aragorn, and Boromir of Gondor. So, I mean, it's a, it's a good theory. It's a good theory. I, I, it's a very funny thing to extrapolate just from probably cutting time. Because him saying Legolas is redundant, right? We don't need yeah. him to go, hey, person I've been traveling with for months. You know, I know your name. But it's such a funny thing. And if that's the world that actually exists, why? <laughs> why doesn't is – it, it does, is Legolas just not, like – communing with Frodo or giving space to Frodo or because we never see do we never see Legolas get tempted by the ring right no no that's like the he him and Aragorn are like above above that well Aragorn knows that he wouldn't be but yeah but that he puts himself he puts distance between himself and the ring in order to not be tempted yeah but But no Legolas... Legolas struggle with that no and like they say it's so strange because they say that during the journey, Legolas would stay at the rear due to his keen eyes. But I believe in the movies, like in that glory shot of them coming over the mountain, he's in front. He's usually he he's usually filmed in front, especially. Well, I guess we see him. Do we see him when they're um, what is Karathras? Where is he? On? He's in the back in Karathras because like he's like he's going in front of everybody because he's walking on top of the snow. Correct. Right. Yeah. So. It is interesting, though, that he's in the back, but has... Oh, because he could probably see farthest, yeah. but still protect people. Yeah. There was a really the cool rear. fact that I, I, I heard um, on the video I watched. Um, Legolas' hearing was so good, he could hear the memories out in the hollands of Celebrimbor. Celebrimbor. Like, he could hear the memories of the Elvis Smiths and, like, woodland people when he was there. Like, he could hear, like, the memories of his own people. That's actually wild. That has... So then I'm trying to actually physically understand that it's almost as... You know, like, how light travels however fast. Yeah. And we're seeing the light of a dead star from um, 100 light years away or what have you. So is sound just moving that slowly or is is it just that it reverberates i think it's, it's like at a carbon decay <laughs> i think it's just middle earth magic like you know they're they're so in tune with middle earth the elves are that like just like that love like just reverberates for centuries God, and it just so like cool. stays there well because they're it, also it like in so, the light realm too right yeah so yeah. And so it's that's like, you know, like they even say, like, you know, the magic of Middle Earth is leaving and it leaves with the elves. And like, that's kind of like my headcanon is like Middle Earth becomes Pangea. Right. And then, you know, like the regular Earth, the Earth that we know starts to become because like, you know, the dwarves fade into the mountains. The the elves go off in some undiscovered island that probably the Bermuda Triangle is Ooh. where Valinor is. Um, well, and I actually feel like Valinor is 
in space somewhere because they because oh, okay. they got like folded a specific way to make it unaccessible. So like you, I actually think of it in terms of like D and D realms where they could go into. Oh, so it's like a different dimension. Yes, I could I could see that I could see that because I mean even in Rings of Power like we see like the clouds open. Like on well, this, which, like yeah, in so, this yeah, ocean. which which um, well, because so, then I because I think at that time, if if I'm understanding or remembering Alex talking about it correctly, Earth or you know whatever this world was at that point was actually flat, or it was like a oh, specific, okay. it was, but and I'm probably totally I mean it's still flat it. to be honest. I don't know if we yeah. want to get into that. No, I mean, we're not here to dispel any theories about what God told us about this yeah, world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my question is, if there were dinosaurs, why weren't there dinosaurs in Lord of the Rings? Okay. Uh, oh, my God. Because Aragorn would have hopped on a velociraptor <laughs> and the War of the Ring would have been over. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. And actually, Legolas would have flown on a pterodactyl. Yeah, I... why didn't why didn't the pterodactyls just take them to Mount Doom? <laughs> like, am I right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> the ancestors did. Um, right. So, I it is hard to imagine a world where where we'll ever get a Legolas that isn't Orlando Bloom. If they ever do this again or whatever, like I can't, especially because they're doing more new Lord <laughs> of the Rings. I Orlando Bloom comes onto the scene as Legolas. I fell in love with him. Okay, I was that was gonna like. What was your reaction to seeing possibly the most beautiful creature like appear in two thousand one? That so I am it in two. If it's two thousand one, I'm sixteen, fifteen ish, something mm-hmm. like Same. that. Um, and I lose my mind because <laughs> all of a sudden I'm like, who is this person? They're the greatest actor on the planet. I think we all had internet at this point, but like very rough internet. And I was Googling, where did he go to school? And I wanted to go to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts because that's how amazing I thought he was. He, He changed the game for me. I also was too young to think Aragorn was sexy. Like now... I was now I'll watch it. My father would say something too. He'd be like, "Aragorn, the the guy who plays Aragorn's too too good looking for the role." Which See, that's the thing is, is that like that at the time, like there there was n- I, you know I was a fourteen year old boy, so I'm not reading you know Vogue or you know any fashion magazines where people were talking about. But I remember even like I never heard my mom. She loved Carl Urban. She loved Carl Urban did she when he came. Really? She did. She loved Carl Urban, and of course, my sister loved Orlando Bloom. Um, and so, like, I I never heard anything about Viggo Mortensen, and it's it is a, a strange thing where, like, you know, now the lead, the lead of the movie, uh, and the person with the biggest hero's journey of the movie, like everyone was just like, yeah, Aragorn's awesome. But like, I never heard any thirst thirst over Aragorn. He was just like, he's that guy. But even you know, in like the most like straight times, like I was like, that is a, that is a, you know, in, in high school where uh, as a high school boy in 2003 to 2006, where you're not allowed to look at men uh, at all, you know, you back get- then guys, you don't, you don't realize how, how real the gay scare was back then in the early 2000s. Um, even then I was like, that is a, and then, you know, I saw him, I remember seeing interviews and I was like, He's not really blonde. Like, he doesn't have long yes. blonde hair. Yes. Like, because he, 
I've never seen. It was upsetting. It was. Because I've never seen, up until that point, I've never seen someone wear a wig that I knew was a wig. I'm sure there are other wigs in other movies that are great. But in 2001, I was like, oh, that guy, he has beautiful blonde hair. And then when I saw him, I was like, wait, he's got curly, short brown hair? What? What Even when I betrayal? see him now, I feel like, why am I looking at one of my uncles? And it, yeah. it's, it's very odd. <laughs> like, he's, he's, very an, he's an attractive man. Uh, and I, He's I don't super know, pretty. He's super, super pretty, pretty. But just like when he puts that wig on, it's this, he does, I, I give full credit to Peter Jackson, the costume department, makeup, everything that goes into making this person an elf. But he himself radiates this magic that elves have. And so, while I've seen, you know, like, Spock is a perfect example. Leonard Nimoy is still and will be the most famous Spock of all time. Correct. But the, I think Zachary Quinto did a great job in the J.J. Abrams, the, you know, the, the, the reboot. And then I've been hearing, I don't watch... Ethan um, Peck Dis does a pretty good job. Is that Discovery? Is that the new yeah, CBS yeah. series? Yeah. I, and I have that someone brought that up the other day. Like, they made three Spocks for three different generations work. And I think they could recast Legolas. I think, you know, it's a tough job for that actor to step into those shoes for such an iconic role. But you know what? People said that about Heath Ledger's Joker. People said that for everything, that every actor really is point. wrong. And, you know, like I, Ben Affleck almost got bullied off the Internet when he got announced as Batman. Same with Robert Pattinson. And now every dude bro has some Robert Pattinson emo i'm batman tiktok going for them with you know the uh, michael giacchino score behind it's just like <laughs> you have to let these things come out so yeah when if and when legolas shows up in rings of power and they announce some no-name actor for him it's gonna be a tough press day for that kid and i you know i hope that he is well loved and well sheltered by the pr team and his family and loved ones but i promise you if that guy does a great job by episode three that that kid is in, everyone will be like, never mind. This kid is nailing it. Love it. Because the same exact thing was true with Elrond. It was very hard. To, yeah. Uh, the actress, Morfith Clark, who plays, it, that is impossible for her to fill those Exactly. Shoes. We've already had two of the most, like, especially Galadriel. Elrond, you know, like, I love Hugo Weaving, but, you know, he's mostly a stern dad in these movies. Right. So Robert Aramayo. Uh, kills it if you he does me. and morfitt clark does a great job as well like playing a young galadriel mind yeah. you like a, a lot of people just i think you're right uh the internet is very harsh i don't know that we'll see legolas in rings of power though because i don't think he ever is in the second age i think he was born into the third age i think so that might i might be wrong but i believe that's correct um, i i would love to see like I don't know. I'm sure Lee Pace is aging beautifully because he's mm -hmm. a beautiful, tall, gorgeous, strapping man. But I, I wonder, I'd love to see Thranduil in this. Yeah. I would. Because, like, as much as we talk, we could talk about Legolas being a gorgeous person, never has someone just, like, dove headfirst like Scrooge McDuck into a pile of money as being in an elf as, like, we, we talked about it at length when we did our, our Hobbit uh, series. But, man... That guy saw this piece of steak roll and chewed it and sucked the bone dry. It was chicken. He turned it into prime rib. I, yes. It, it was not, there was not a lot on that bone. I mean, no. he didn't have to do what he did. And then he's writing a movie. I can't. You're totally right that he made choices. He made 
choices. <laughs> he did. Like, uh, that wasn't even CGI when his face melted away. That was just him method acting. Oh. And Peter Jackson was like, we're not going to talk about it. We're just going to move on. <laughs> um, one thing I want to touch about, about Aragorn, which when we get to him, we'll talk about more. But it's actually not surprising that there wasn't thirst for Vigo at the time because isn't that the most Aragorn thing? That yes. he doesn't want the attention, that he he understands that he might have to be king or the center of it all, but he knows it's not all about him. So it's actually so amazing that this most beautiful actor dude or whatever doesn't get doesn't walk away like one of America's hunkiest men. It's, it's actually true. very like, interesting. I, I put Legolas did you ever watch 30 Rock? Um, only like bits and pieces. Okay, so that what Tina Fey starts dating John Hamm in oh, Thirty Rock. Sure. And you know he's getting first in line, never needs a reservation, getting free stuff, and he's like, "Oh yeah, this is just what life is." Oh, so it's literally John Hamm. No, uh, it, no, it's he's a regular guy. Like the thing is, a doctor, but Got he's it. just like a very good-looking person. Mm, mm. And Tina Fey has to explain to him like, "You live in the bubble yeah. where good-looking people get whatever they want," and I feel like that's where Legolas is. Where oh. Legolas doesn't realize like how gorgeous and gifted he is. He just thinks this is the way of the world. Like that, you know, the trees sing to me. You know, uh, the, I can see ghosts from a mile away. Like that everything is like, again, we've seen Legolas get nervous one time. Every other time, like he's never, 10,000 orcs are marching on him. He's like, we're probably going to die, but. You know, I lived a good, I good, lived a good 2000 years. I'm cool. Yeah. Like he's, he's never sweating. And so I, I put Legolas into that thing where like everyone will tell him how pretty he is. And he's like, no guys, guys, I'm just, I'm just, I'm okay. Like, uh, it's just the way the world is like, yeah, we'll take a, a dinner reservation for Lothlorien for two on a Saturday night. Oh, you got me in at eight o'clock. Oh, thank you so much. I, I, I had no idea. <laughs> I didn't know you needed a reservation. Oh, it's a, it's a front front seat table to Galadriel's poetry reading tonight. Oh, I, I didn't know we needed a res, a resi. Uh, can you fit me in? You can. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm so embarrassed. That's Legolas's life right there where he's just. He's just skating through, not like in a mean way, not in a privileged way. He he tips well. He's sure. nice to everybody. He knows, you know, the security guard's name at the doors of uh, of the Greenwood. Like he knows the the wine barrel guys. Like he knows like their totally. kids' story. He's like, oh, did little little Johnny Elf uh, pass his math test today? And you they're think, like, I don't know. I think he's Lord too Legolas, adolescent you for know, that. Lord Legolas, think... you know everything about my kid? Like, thank you. He did do that. It's like, oh, it's so good to hear. Anyways, bye. Like, No, I he... think that's Elrond, though. And I don't know if... Legolas isn't a no. dick. He's I not a dick. I do that. I, and, you know, I was wrong and really rash to say that Legolas was, like, F-boy mad. I'll never forgive you for that. And I won't forgive myself. But I, the best I can do is recognize when I was wrong. I just think that he... I think sheltered is the word. Um, and, and he hasn't had to see the world as it is, but he's open to it. He's not, he doesn't take his prejudice with him and he's open to making his own decisions about it. Probably because he had a difficult father who's. That's the thing. Like I, I guarantee you everybody in the, in the Mirkwood kingdom is like, yeah, Thranduil's not great. You know, I haven't had any, uh, paid time off in forever, but his kid. His kid is awesome. He's going to save us. He's going to next in line. And so just like, like Legolas is just a pure soul and I love him. And, you know, like I, I was watching a video. It was like the pure, like just 
amazingly healthy masculinity there is in Lord of the Rings, where, mm. you know, Aragorn gently takes Frodo's hand, like, I would have gone with you to the end. You know, Legolas, oh, like you said, like, this guy grew up with a lot of prejudice in the household, being fed to him daily. It takes a strong-minded, open-minded person to overcome your upbringing, and that's what he did. Did you know what Gimli was the one that says never trust an elf? He didn't. Legolas didn't bring any of that racism to the to the. He the did it. He did in the. He did in the the Hobbit in the book. Movies, he did which, in the. Well, he did in the book for sure too. But that was mo- he definitely was repeating some rhetoric for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he was. Um, speaking of this guy getting everything that's coming to him, whether he wants it or not, the there. Have you ever seen extras by Ricky Gervais? No, I haven't. Okay. I, I Ricky Gervais is a very polarizing figure. I uh, still I'm trying to parse through what very harmful things he said so he's like half canceled half not but the tv show extras is wonderful it has sir pat stew it has Ian mm. mckellen has all these amazing people orlando bloom is in one of the episodes and he's the um, the star that they're extras for in a film of and orlando bloom's a baby still because it's not much longer after the trilogy has come out and he hits on the extra actress that Ricky Gervais is friends with mm-hmm. and is going, well, I'm Orlando Bloom, so you'd want to go out with me. And she goes, I'm not really interested. He goes, but I'm Legolas. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's a, and he only wants her because she couldn't care. Yeah. And everyone else wants him at the time. Anyway, it's very funny because he... It's obviously a characterization of how people might think Orlando Bloom is, but it's worth watching just to see him try to use that leg up of being Orlando Bloom. It is crazy, like, how well he does. Like, when he, you know, I think he's had a very, you know, successful career outside of these movies, you know, outside of Middle Earth, you know, Pirates. um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But just, like, uh, and, you know, I watched a little bit of that show, um... The, the Amazon show, uh, I can't think, uh, Carnival, Carnival Row. Carnival Row, He does yeah. good in that. I didn't finish it just because I, I, nothing against him. I just fell off of it. Um, I think a lot of people fell off of it, even the creators. So, like, like the writers were yeah. really disassociated from that entire show, and the distance between season one and season two was so far. So, yeah. it, it, it's, you'll hear certain people like Mark Bernadine talk about it going, this was a weird experience. And so. Yeah. But, yeah, I, you know... It's the same with, like, I think that his acting gets, like, a little bit overshadowed. And it's just, like, it's the same with a lot of a lot of actors. Like, they need a, a project that fits them. Sometimes projects don't fit actors. And, you know, it can, it can show. We've seen almost every actor. We've seen Robert De Niro be bad in movies before. It can happen, so absolutely. It can, it can absolutely happen. But I, I think he, he just absolutely nails uh, this role <sighs> so well. So pretty. So pretty. So what is your favorite Legolas moment? Ooh, uh, ooh. I, <laughs> it's a really we can we hard... can do two we can do two separate trilogy moments. Well, no, I don't know that I. First of all, I don't think I liked very much of anything that he did in um the 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 Hobbit movies at all. Um, because it's just upsetting the That's choice. So I I just it, it's bo- the CGI bothers me. I think. That's fair. Totally. Uh, so it's not like I, I. It's not like me watching this actor do something amazing. Like you talk to me about somebody embodying the magic of an elf. I really think that um, 
the person who plays a Rondier is embodying that. And then mm. when they blend CGI, CGI with practical, it still makes it look like he's doing so many of the things. Um, I don't know that I, I, I wasn't prepared for this question, but I will say if, if I was on my dying bed and I had to think about one thing about Legolas, all I would think about was the insane horse like flip he did onto a horse that defied gravity like yeah. literal physical de- i won't be able to disassociate from that um, it is it was such a weird directing choice where like he could have just like looped up there but like, he grabbed it and like went against his loop and like that's why like that that cgi moment doesn't hold up well it, it but, like, never it i don't think it did at the time like yeah. have him jump straight up and then jump onto the horse like actually have it be something that is a little bit about like you even pointing out that he's doing Mario jumps off of, of a bridge. Like, there's something so believable about so that, good. though. It's amazing. See that? See that? Like, the the horse thing, like, bothered me, like, when I see it because, like, there's a simple fix. The Mario jumping goes along with that John Wick. Like, he become like, he literally does become John Wick in The Hobbit. Sure. Where, especially Battle of the Five Armies, he is upside down on a bat and decapitates 50 goblins in 10 seconds. And then lo- loses, like, 25% of that skill when it goes into the Lord of the Rings yep. movies. So, like somehow, and that's the thing is that like, that's why I like that version of Legolas. Does he look older? Yes. But you know what it's else he tough. looks? It's rough. He looks buffer. <laughs> he Orlando, does. like or just in age, you know, we all put on weight, like as we get older, like we can't help it. But Orlando Bloom, like was like, oh, uh, we're going back to Middle Earth. Let me start working out and just getting in shape. And instead of like, him being like this lean waifish kid that he was in 2001, homeboy started drinking protein shakes and hitting the bench press. <laughs> Cause like, because I will say, Lord of the Rings, uh, Legolas could not beat Bulg in a one v one fight, sword fight. You're correct. He would well, have his daggers out. He maybe he could. Like I know he's beaten Urukai. He would be clever about it. He it would be clever. Have, it wouldn't have been as fist hand to fist you know yeah he wouldn't have put himself in that situation yes like he would have kept his distance he would have like bounced an arrow off of you know a spittoon and like he would have figured out how to do it but that's the thing that's what i do like about like you know the hobbit legolas is because like when he takes out orchrist and he's just like it's go time you're like you know what i'm here for it let's go totally fair uh i think i can recall being 13 year old jessica reading the lord of the rings and also falling for legolas in that time too Mm -hmm. well before the movies came out and just going something about this is realistic and magical and it it is very special and i i just wish i could pull out what it is in the movies but i think what i like about him in the books especially too is his reverence for aragorn him both him and gimli Mm -hmm. learn so much by watching him and they become better in their they respective do. ways by at admiring Aragorn. So everybody becomes better from Aragorn. Like which it's is a whole nother a- topic. Aomer, Theoden, like everybody becomes better because of like they spend a little time with Aragorn. And that's like the power of the Numenorians. Like they are just that good at everything they do. But Boromir is a Numenor half Numenorian as well. So it, it's just the it's just the extra that Aragorn and that bloodline has, which is Boromir problematic for Aragorn too. What? 
Boromir becomes better because of, because of Aragorn. Well, that's too. exactly my point. But I'm just saying it's hard to say it's because of Numenorians specifically. Yeah. Because the, the Numenorians are physically more capable. Like, because they are half-elf in, the, like, or, you know, they have elf blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and Boromir is that, you know, um, Faramir, Faramir is that. But, uh, you know, for some reason, Aragorn is just touched by an angel. Yeah. For some reason. So what, before I ask you the final question for this show, what are your favorite Legolas moments? It's hard to not like, you know, 13 year old me to 15 year old me, like (laughs) just seeing him slide down. One, the, it's hard to like, there's like three, there's action moments in every single movie of his, but like the, the three from Lord of the Rings are when they're getting shot, shot from Moria and he just, like, turns around and just, like, and it's, like, that follow shot with the arrow just right through the orc's head. That's probably the Fellowship one. The Helm's Deep one is obviously him sliding down on the shield and just, like, zit, zit, zit. <laughs> Yes, totally. Because uh, I remember when I first got the DVD of Two Towers, I counted. Like, I slowed it down on my Xbox, and I was, like, he kills <gasps> three wards. Like, you know, they're, like, in the slow motion, like, he shoots one and yeah. it goes down. And if you slow it down... Another arrow comes from off screen, hits another, and then he shoots uh, before he jumps on the horse. And you hear like a the little wolf go, Arr! so he he knocks out three Dang. in like ten seconds flat. And it's just like that's awesome. And of course the 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 Oliphant like moment is like people. I I remember in like the early two thousands, maybe because the Hobbit was coming out and he was doing even more ridiculous stuff than that. People were slowly starting to turn on that moment. I was like, no stop it the, it's done so well and like we've he peter jackson earned this moment right with everything like slowly legolas got more and more badass throughout the trilogy he earned this moment and that's another time where legolas just doesn't even sweat we have just seen like helms uh, the writers helm deep almost single-handedly win the battle of pelinar fields and then they get trounced by mumical and so we see Legolas just look like he goes Legolas and he just looks this dude is just bearing down on him feet from him. And he's just like, got a clock in. Like, it's like, <laughs> he looks like he just got asked to work a double at Applebee's or yes, something like totally. that. Like, like, but he'll take the money and he'll be fine. Yeah, He'll take the money. Like someone called out and he's just like, oh, fine, you know, but you owe me. And he's going to get like, you know, a, a pizza party later, you know, in lieu of a pay raise. Um, and so, and like, he just handles that and it's just like crazy. It's so, I will, I will add to my favorite things are because of when you are him, is him looking at the Balrog and getting scared. And that's when I actually realized that more than Orlando Bloom being pretty playing the role, he's actually acting his butt off. So good. Because it's such a subtle moment. It's like he's not trembling with fear. He's just like, he just goes wide-eyed. And it's a look you never see again from him. And they don't mention it. They don't, you know, a bad a bad movie would have been like, Legolas, why were you so afraid? And there would have been, you know, a five-minute dialogue scene about it or something. But it's just a small moment for Rings of power have, moment. <laughs> it's a rings of power moment. No, of like, meaning that it, 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 to talk about it would have been... God. But it was the choice you made there to have yes. your eyes go wide. <laughs> it is a long story, <laughs> but we have 10 episodes, so I'll tell it in detail. <laughs> exactly. All right. I think we kind of touched on this before, but the thing I wanted to sort of round out was what 
what is going to happen in the Gimli Legolas brocom rom-com movie when they go to the forest and the caves? Like, what are they doing? You know, I've thought I've thought deeply about this, and I want. 21 Jump Street with Legolas <laughs> and Gimli. They're going to play some uh, high schoolers mm-hmm. and Gimli is going to pretend to be an elf. And oh. gonna, he's going to wear pointy ears and we're going to like, he is going to be the Jonah Hill of right. 21 Jump Street. But th- in the same way that Channing Tatum becomes like a nerd and Jonah Hill becomes a cool kid, everyone's going to shun Legolas and be like, who's this freaking dork? And they're all going to love Gimli, the transfer student. And they're like, he's going to be like the popular kid. And Legolas is going to have a real crisis of conscience. Like I said, he's been living in the, in the bubble his whole life. He doesn't know anything else. And he's going to have to really do some soul searching, but there's going to be hijinks galore. They're going to get, you know, they're going to smoke some, the wrong kind of long bottom leaf one time. Right. And it's going to be amazing. Like, do you, are they trying to pull chicks? I don't think they're trying, but I do think uh, Legolas does fall in love. You know, uh, gotcha. he missed he missed on Toriel. Right. Uh, but I think he's going to find not not a high schooler, obviously. But like he's <laughs> a teacher or one something. One of the teachers. Yeah, one right. of the teachers or, you know, a fellow like he's going to run into like a, a fellow undercover that he didn't know was undercover or something like that. I, that is not problematic, and that's wonderful. <laughs> when you look, when you go backward to like never been kissed, it's like, why is this teacher allowing on himself a, on a Ferris wheel, being like, oh, uh, I don't, I don't feel the way I feel about students like I do. Like, when that's she, she is, is sixteen, sixteen technically. It's yeah. not, it's not even cool. I mean, I love it to this day. I even tried to write a pilot about like a. A similar situation, and people are like you can't do that. I'm like, I don't know, never been kissed in it. <laughs> let's let's go. Yeah. Anyway, <sighs> this is the perfect way for us to drop in and welcome you to helping keeping this podcast going. So thank you for that. I'm glad we got to talk about our mutual bro crush, Legolas. Absolutely. Uh, do you know who you want to talk about next, so we can get it's, people? It's your choice. I chose Legolas. So who do you want to talk Ooh, about? Next? I think I think let's do Arwen. Okay, I'm down. I'm down to do Arwen for sure. Straight to Arwen because I care. She was probably the character I cared about most because, well, you know, I I didn't see myself in Eowyn, and Eowyn came to the game late, and so the first character I could see myself in was Arwen and Arwen, Arwen, and so I want to I want to go that route. Let's talk about her next time. I'm down. I'm so down, especially for like a character that had such a bigger role in the movies than in the books. But so feminism, dude, no. Hell yeah. Glorfindel. Anyway, uh, where can people find you doing something or other? Uh, everywhere at the Ben Goddard uh, and then uh, Ben Goddard uh, TTV uh, on Twitch because apparently you have to wait six months to change your name back. I was going to change my name back, but then I couldn't, but oh well. Okay, uh, so, well, so eventually, if you're listening to six months from now, the yeah. Ben Goddard will be back. The Ben Goddard on everywhere else, though. Uh, follow me. Uh, I do movie six reviews on months. Patreon and YouTube and stuff, so hit me up there. Rough. Six months is a rough, long wait. It's a long time. Um, yeah, you can follow this show at podcastoftherings.com. Uh, you could go to patreon.com forward slash 
Pod of the Rings. I think we're Pod of the Rings on Twitter. There's Podcast of the Rings on Instagram. All of these very active sites that you can see us doing very cool things. I'm very excited to go on this journey with you, Ben. And until we... uh, Until next time. May our paths meet again. Yes. Perfect. Perfect.